0: This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn.
1: If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Already, Judy. I'm judging. (laughs) I'm judging the couple at the awkward date table. We thought they were all in love. Now they're, like, emailing other Ignoring people. Ignoring each
2: other. This might be the approved Facebook break, which I understand is um, what polite people do. You know, they have a moment to polite. away. No, no,
0: no. No, no, no. I think no. what's happening is that they're actually texting each other. They're, they, they've moved beyond <laughs> conversation, and they're sitting at the table, and they're texting Maybe
2: they're
1: sexting.
2: To each other across, across their charred grapefruit and Brussels sprouts. Um, it's sort of like in Star Trek when we no longer need our bodies and are just like, energy forms, right? This is, this is adv- as advanced as humans can be. Well, you know what? Space is the place, once again. Last week was Sun Ra, and once again, we're taking out to the, uh, the pinkest, most fabulous part of the cosmos.
1: <laughs> Rock's true fairy, Joe Bryant.
2: And by the way, it's, it's Star Wars Day for all you geeks out there. Right. May, May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you. <laughs> so I really appreciate you wearing your Princess Leia costume today, Judy. You, 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 you look I've
1: actually never seen Star Wars. <laughs> Shut
2: up. Really? <laughs>
1: Really have not. Oh, Star Wars is awesome. I know and the <laughs> first okay. one, like the actual. Look, can, we can, should Karen, explain can... who our date, or who our date is today. You <laughs> know, I do
2: feel about our audience as a big date, though. I do. Yeah, I feel like just, just it's our paramour out there on the other side of Radio Land. That's good. That's a great way to look at it. That's right. So, hi, okay. Guys. So, with that, <laughs> before we get too gooey. Um, our guest today is—I'm really, really, really happy you made it, Karen. After um, yeah. much uh, ballyhoo and talk and hype, um, and I blame your friend Morrissey, by the way, Judy, uh, long distance for this. But Kieran Turner, who's the director of the new movie Jobryth AD, rock and roll's first true space fairy, Jobryth, one of my favorite occult hero, and uh, and, a, and a fantastic movie, man. What Thank a great you. job, such you a did fun movie. Thank you so
0: much. Well, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I would get up and do the Jobryth bow, but I don't think I'd be able to get back up from it. I
2: want the space. Time. <laughs> Like that opens up into a tulip pad. That's that's the best. So I first heard of Joe Bryth, Um I was doing a copywriting uh, gig for uh, Sanctuary Records, which does a lot of legacy stuff. Sanctuary, they did some Trojan records and... Um, you know, Leonard Skinner reissues and the sort of crap. Um, but one of the things they had was Morrissey's edition of the Joe Briath record, which I guess was a compilation of the first yes. two, of his first studio records, put together in the pinkest package I have ever seen. I mean, it was just about the gayest CD of all time, and I loved it. I, it's I took hard it home. to believe
1: Morrissey ever pretended not to be. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, he used to be like, no, I'm asexual, come on. No,
2: and me. his liner notes were just like gushing all over this, and yeah. I took it home, and, and I loved it. I fell in love with the record. It had, you know, it was all the glam that I loved. It was great songwriting. It was great production. A little Elton John, a little David Bowie, a little Alice Cooper, and all these great sidemen. And that's when I first heard of this guy Joe Bryant. Like, so why isn't he famous? And why isn't he famous? Yeah, Kieran. I, yeah. Um,
0: you know, I felt the same way. Um, I had always heard about him as kind of a joke. Um, I'm really into gay history and, and rock history and 70s history, um, but the music wasn't available for a while. So, And the image kind of really turned me off, I mean, because it looked so silly and so ridiculous. So I was on Amazon a few years ago, and the compilation sort of came my way, and I thought... I'm going to buy this, and it's going to suck really hard because my middle name is Schadenfreude. I love to buy things and just hate on them. Um, And I got it, and I was really surprised at how fucking great it was. And I was just blown away by every single one of the songs, and I had to know, had to know how... How did this person, fl- you know, fail? What What was the story? And the more that I researched the more that I learned, the more that I was compelled to tell the story. And it's an amazing story. I mean, it's just, it, it's like, I think somebody wrote in a recent review that they thought it was a mockumentary. And I've had that response really? before from people that thought that they were watching like a Spinal Tap kind of a thing.
1: I mean, well, his, the stuff with his brother was so heartbreaking yes, and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was just... It must have been so hard to be an out young beautiful gay man at that time. I mean, and and they really thought they misgaged, Like, oh, Bowie's bisexual, so therefore like totally gay is going to be totally great. Yeah, and-
0: absolutely. That was the question that was probably the largest burning question for me was why didn't the gay community in 1973, po- four years post Stonewall, Support this man. Be like, "Wow, Joe Bryant We're going to hoist him on our shoulders and fly a flag, and and we're all going to fuck him afterwards," you know. But you know, I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> and it didn't happen. They were terrified of him. He was this big Nancy boy that everybody was petrified of, gay or straight. Sorry, go ahead. I was
2: well for those who uh, are, aren't hip. I mean, explain yeah. his image. I mean, it was it was way past where Bowie was with Ziggy Stardust. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, very flamboyant very made up elf ears. You know, he called himself the true fairy of rock and roll. And I think he meant fairy in terms of gay fairy, but he also meant like a little Sprite, like a little wood nymph. You know, here I am Joe Briath, right. You know, everything but the, the ass end of a (laughs) satyr. And and it crashed and burned. People were terrified And spectacularly. It was yes. such a
2: massive failure um, because he was, I mean, there's the giant billboard in Times Square that people always point to. I mean, this was like Grand Funk Railroad territory. Yes. This was like, he was going to be the next big thing, the money that they put behind him. But, you know, there was a lot of sizzle and no stake. Except, you know, the thing is, when you did get to listen to the record, it was there, but yeah. no one was bothering to promote the music.
0: No, no, because what the problem was was that they started promoting him six months before the album came yeah. out. And by the time the album came out, everybody hated him. And was so sick of him and was so sick of hearing about how he was going to, you know, because you, you can't, you can't build hype like that, or you can try to, but a lot of the times it, it backfires, um, you know, and if it's not a known commodity, if it's not a superhero movie, right. you know, your, your people are, are, are going to, because people like to discover stuff. Even today, people like to feel like they're on the hip cutting edge and they're going to discover something. And if they're, you're, you tell them that, that, that you need to like this they're, they're going to resist. And
1: it's going to have to be the greatest thing in the universe, in any universe, yeah. after six months of crazy hype like that. I mean, that was pre-internet hype. That was a big deal. Yes. And Jerry Brandt, his crazy manager, who was a fascinating figure in the film and in real life.
2: Um, well, he's an old school hype man, oh, Jerry yes. Brandt. I mean, he's yeah. the real yeah. deal, fast
0: talking, yeah. old New York money man. Just um, give you a picture of, of Jerry, if you if there was ever a movie made, Al Pacino.
2: Oh, yeah. 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 Al Pacino? <laughs> Is that the same Al Pacino who you were just saying bruise every movie he's, he's, he's ever been in? <laughs>
0: I was sitting like, I was sitting two weeks ago watching the Phil Spector movie. Oh, my God, And I God, was getting man. fucking douche chills watching <laughs> him doing this because I felt like I was sitting in the presence of Jerry Brandt. And, you know, Jerry Brandt is, is sort of terrifying to, to be around. You I can know? see that. Yeah, yeah. And and you're just yeah. and, and I get nervous, not just like 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 creeped out, but and I, I do. I mean, I know this is gonna sound like so fucking schmoozy Hollywood effect. I love Jerry, I love him he's great. <laughs> but and I do. I like Jerry. I don't feel like he's the vi- you know, like a big villain and, and everything, but I don't like to be around him. No, he's no a sociopath. <laughs> there's no it's warm and very
1: clear. With Jerry no. <laughs> know. It's
0: not like come well, sit well, on I, daddy's well, lap. Well, <laughs> yeah. No, he was
1: like when he was done, he was out of my mind. Yeah. When I was done with Joe Bryant, yeah. never thought of him again. Yeah. Like
2: well, I do love the Al Pacino call though, because you know that you know, I mean look, Al Pacino's been ruining every movie he's been in since Dog yeah, Day after yeah, afternoon. Oh, totally no, like, no,
0: totally way overacting. And Jerry knows, and when we were sitting and interviewing him, like I think my cameraman said, Oh God, doesn't he remind you of, of Al Pacino? And Jerry picked up on that. And every time there would be a lull he'd go oh, and like God. the first couple times it was funny but he kept doing it and like by the time like it was like the 850th time he'd be like looking at us and be like fucking answer the question. Will you please?
2: (laughs) I I bet Jerry Brank is in his Miami apartment right now chewing on the scenery.
0: (laughs) But that being said, a fascinating character. and very grateful that he chose to take part knowing that he was going to be perceived the way that he was going to be perceived. I
1: believe that he is like one of those people that goes on Jerry Springer who talks about having their dad's baby. He said he wants to be famous and he doesn't really give a shit how he's going to be famous. If it's for screwing over some poor guy who died of AIDS, all right, he's going to be on film. But know? that's not really the
2: case. That's no, not how it, we feel about Jerry.
0: It, no, right? it, it really isn't. And the thing is, is like you can say as many bad things as you want about Jerry, but if there was no Jerry, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about Joe right. Biden 40 years later.
2: I think he was sincere up to the point when it started to crash. Exactly. And then he was just turned into like another business guy
0: exactly because
2: I mean I love what I loved about uh, the picture and there's so much scant information about Joe Bryant really out there there is a limited amount of uh, film on him for someone so hyped there are only a few performance films available and we're going to listen to uh, one of them in a little bit from the midnight special but um I wanna see more, I wanna see the whole concert, I wanna see the band. But you did find that great early stuff when he was in the cast of hair and him playing the piano and you could see like what like a real, you know, spirited, talented, wonderful singer, wonderful musician this cat really was.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, he had so many different personas, he changed them, he shed them like you know, like like underwear, like 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 snakeskin. And we were very lucky in that we were able to find one piece of footage for each one of those personas. I mean, you that know, must like have existed. taken you,
1: you, how long has, it did, did it did. take you to make this?
0: I researched for four, for 14 months before we even rolled a film, of, uh, frame of film, and then we shot for two and a half years. But I was still discovering, still learning things, and the, the, the scope and the concept of the film kept changing as we were shooting because we would discover more and we'd learn more and there's a whole bunch more stuff out there that's not even in the film because we couldn't fit it in you know he was he was one of the final three people who were considered for the Chris Sarandon role in Dog Day Afternoon which is amazing which if he would have gotten it would have been an enormous game changer for him do you, you think know.
1: is there is there a film of his screen? Text? No, I I, oh. I
0: went to Warner Brothers and uh, and talked to them about it. But Dennis Christopher, who's in the movie, uh-huh. was one of the, was the second person, and of course Chris Sarandon was the third. And Dennis and Joe Briath were friends, were friendly, um, and so you know Dennis told me this great story about how you know they 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 wanted each one of them to sort of play uh, the character in a different way, you know. And I think I think it was just like I think I want to say that Joe Briath's description of his character was just like you know a week weekend faggot in from you know like 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 east uh, you know east hampton you know is kind of like already over it you know and sarandon's right. was like this sort of like you know long island fishwife and and dennis christopher because he was the youngest was you know sort of like this you know sweet little innocent fey little you know young gay boy you know and i sort of thought but wasn't she a real person it's like I, I, but i guess you know when you're warner brothers and cindy lumet you don't give a shit you're going to do it any way you want right. to so what the hell um.
1: <laughs> what, what has his family's reaction been to the? I mean, the, the part about his dad that his dad went into the Chelsea. He, we were talking about this before we went on the air. He lived in the coolest apartment in the Chelsea. This Maybe the pyramid, apartment in
2: the history of New yeah, York City, probably. Yeah, it's just beyond.
1: And his dad went in and, like, trashed everything. Why, did, did you so get sad. an explanation for that? I mean, was it just that his son was this over-the-top gay dude? or
0: Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, especially when you're talking about 1983 and it's the early, early years of the disease of AIDS and there's such a horrible stigma horrible stigma and it's it's like it's the worst thing in the world that could possibly happen to anyone and you just you don't want anybody in your family to know my son died of AIDS my son was you know this horrible faggot who you know who ran around and did god knows what and you know he was an embarrassment he was an embarrassment for for the family for you know for the most part I mean his mother his mother you know they were friends but you know and and girlfriends up to a point but you know, it, it's it's you know you have to think about it. It's from another era. It's yeah. from another you know. I mean, I, I hate the family. I do. I mean, like the parents. I just I do. I'm so angry that 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 they reacted this way and that he took this person who was so important and and broke so much so many ground you know so much ground and tried to erase him from the face of the earth. It it, it guts me. Um, you know, the, there are only two people left in the family. There's Willie, the half brother who I, I spoke to, and I hate saying half brother because I feel like your brother. You know. Yeah, but... but yeah, and then there's another a brother. Um, one of the brothers is dead, and the other one, uh, the middle brother, just didn't, not in a nasty way, but just didn't want to have anything to do with it. Right. You know, so we, we didn't interview him. Um, but that 's about it, you know that 's really it that 's left from the family
2: I think we I want to describe his apartment just a yeah. little bit more because when I first saw it i didn 't know this existed, and there 's some weird kind of like cool gay outer space karma that this guy lands in a pyramid on top of the Chelsea Hotel with a piano I mean, yeah. it 's such a unique space yeah. Yeah. and I mean a million people would want to pay like
0: millions of dollars for it, but this is the guy that got to live there yep absolutely, and he had an enormous grand piano, a white grand piano in the in, in the in the main space, and he slept in this little loft place where it was on top of the bed, top of the hotel. Yeah, on top like, of the hotel and it had an amazing view and it was great energy and, and had, you know, it was like it was like a little convertible. This is like ancient astronauts left this just for Jobri. <laughs> and those motherfuckers at the Chelsea Hotel that, that took it over. I just, I want to go in there with a fucking gun and an Uzi and just shoot them all down and take over the building and just open it up and say, artists live here. How could you do that to the Chelsea Hotel? I'm sure
1: the tenants, the remaining tenants would love to join you Oh on that. my
0: god, I just I it, it kills me horrible. if I had millions of dollars right now, that would be one of the first things that I rescued because it is a landmark. It is New York and what they're doing to it. Like we really need another fucking boutique hotel in this fucking <laughs> tourist city for Christ's sakes. Are Look, I moved here when I was sixteen, and it was it was pre Giuliani, it was pre Dinkins, it was the it was the ass end of the Koch years. You know, say what you want about Koch, but for Christ's sakes, he knew what the city was. You know what I mean? And and
2: no, he walked around as a New Yorker. Yes. I felt accessible to him. and yes. he probably he overstayed his welcome, and things kind of went south Absolutely. at the end. But yeah. but you know, he saved this uh, city from bankruptcy, and he yeah. had a vibe about him that was New York, unlike yes. his predecessor, yes. which what did, what did um Dinkins really ever do? Built a tennis stadium in Queens. Yeah, yeah. Dinkins didn't do like anything. It was like it was no, like it was like the city. They didn't and have a mayor sure. for four years. And then the next yeah. guy
0: was a prosecutor. Yeah.
2: Exactly what the city yeah. doesn't need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how many times did they change up 42nd Street? Like they, <laughs> they, 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 fu- they fucking took everything out of there. And those movie theaters were my saviors when I moved here in 16. I didn't have any money on me. I lived at the fucking YMCA. You know, I moved oh, in as. I left home at 16 and I moved into the YMCA. And that's where I lived for a year. And, and I worked at Tower Records at Lincoln Center and I worked the 4 to 1 a.m. shift and I'd walk home in the middle of the night and it was. And I felt like I owned the city. And I wasn't afraid.
1: Just a memoir of that year yeah. would be amazing.
0: Oh, God, it was so amazing. And I, every time, and I live in LA now, and I, 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 moved out, I moved out of here like 12, 13 years ago. And every time I come back, it's like a little piece of me has been removed because they've killed some mom and pop you know business or like a little piece of the independent city i'm sorry i, I keep no, like i'm interrupting no, you no abso- you know, absolutely um, Uh dude where's my new york yeah it, it, it really is and it and it just it kills me and and you know and i i work here a lot you know i i shoot a show here and and i'd love to i wish that i could live here again but i just don't see how it's feasible i don't know how anybody comes here and lives here
2: i don't either well yeah. i guess I, on the way over here in bushwick you know and of course what this neighborhood used to be yeah when the lights went out in 77 this was the first neighborhood that was on fire yep and here we are at the epicenter of HIP I just saw a walking tour of Bushwick literally 35 people and some guy they're following him around like Japanese tourists except they were um, not Japanese they were all from middle America you know? <laughs> and, and he was pointing across the street and he said this is an espresso bar and they were all, they were all taking pictures with their smartphones it's like
1: Starbucks but not yeah. Yeah. hey are we going to hear some Joe Bryant yeah let's take a break yeah let's play some Joe Bryant
2: this is Arts and Sciences and Seizures we're happy to have Karen Turner the director of Joe Bryant happy AD, to be here. and what we're going to hear right now is Joe Bryant uh, I'm a man I believe right
0: yes with glasses. Last night, misintroducing him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we are on the Heritage Radio Network.
0: Awesome. Really? So, what you're about to see and hear is an unusual and exciting theatrical event. This young man uh, you're about to see this morning is the act of tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Bray. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage.
1: That was jarring.
2: <laughs> super
1: awesome. I'm a man. Uh, that's great. Super, super awesome. Not pizza. quite as
2: jarg as watching a guy in a leotard insist that he's a man,
0: right? <laughs> His little springy space garb. Um, which, if you've ever seen the video for "Ashes to Ashes," David Bowie, uh-huh. six years later, same outfit.
1: Oh,
2: has so Bowie ever talked about Jobriath at all? Has he ever talked about Gibrath?
0: No, he really hasn't. You know, I I, tra- I checked around and, and I talked to I talked to Angie um, because there's there's a, been a lot of controversy. I'll try to make this like as quick as I possibly yeah, yeah. can. Um, you know, Gibrath was going to do this big show at the Paris Opera House where he was going to they were going to recreate the Empire State Building and he was going to climb it as King Kong <laughs> and it was going to morph into a giant penis and he was going to emerge off the penis as, as Marlena Dietrich. I have the same dream. It's incredible. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, they started building the sets in in New Jersey, and Jerry ran out of money. And a year later, uh, Bowie went out on tour with with Diamond Dogs. And the Diamond Dogs set, the Hunger City set, um, was very reminiscent of this. And so there were a lot of stories. Jane County tells a lot of stories about how Bowie went in and helped himself, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, so... But, you know, Jane, uh, uh, Angie said to me, Bowie was never threatened by Joe Briath, because if he was, he would have co-opted him and produced his next album, like yeah. he did to Lou Reed. And <laughs> and, and, and Jane County yeah. herself, yeah. I mean, you
1: Absolutely. had a lot of great people in here, like Jane County, and also you had Henry Rollins was the narrator. What was the connection there?
0: You know, the only connection was was that, you know, Henry Henry wasn't really familiar with Joe Briath, but Henry loves to champion people like joe Bryant. and when we brought the idea up to him he researched joe Bryant and was fascinated by him and was like yes absolutely I will you do say this. people like joe Bryant? yeah as if there were others <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> because every every failed outer space fairy that's that's, that's <laughs> hank's voice uh-huh.
0: <laughs> so no henry was great and he came in and and in between questions or sorry in between pieces like little pieces of narration like the mic would go dead and he'd be like so, what do you think really happened? You know, like, 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 let's talk about it. And I'm like, look, we only have an hour. We'll go out for a beer afterwards, and I'll tell you everything that you need to know about Joe Bryant, but let's just get this down. So, he was super, super cool, you know, and, and it helps, you know, it adds a little cred to it. You know, Henry oh, Rollins yeah. is narrating your movie. People want to know about it, which is great. So, well, I think it's a great film. I'm, I'm glad Thank the you. story finally got told.
2: I've, you know, I was fascinated from uh, the second I had that very, very pink CD was put into my paws. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a, you know, it's, it's a much better record than I think people would have remembered at the time. It's I a agree. really great singer songwriter. A record with great production. Like I said a little bit Elton John, a little bit of Alice Cooper, certainly a little Bowie. It's very much of its time, but it's, it's very fresh sounding. Yeah, it's absolutely. You know, I
0: mean, my, my main goal for making the movie was I want people to know who Joe was. I want them to know want them to know what what music he did. I want them to know that he was the very first openly gay rock star, and I use that term pejoratively because he crashed and burned spectacularly. So how much of a star was he really? But they were pitching him that way, and he kicked open the door for a lot of artists, and and I don't think he yeah. gets that credit. Well,
2: no no one was ready for that. I mean, no. It was okay. Really gay, it. yeah, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. Bowie and you know, certain yeah. other
0: people. In certain well, so,
1: there is that great quote in in the movie, like you know, he was breaking the ground. Yeah, sometimes the maybe, groundbreakers,
0: that's all they get to do is break the ground,
1: which is sad.
0: It is. It is. <laughs> I
1: mean, it was a very move. It's a very moving movie. You can rent it on, um, like
0: Amazon, Amazon and, and iTunes. Yeah, you can get it there, and it's also playing here in New York City at uh, Rerun Cinema. Uh, for the next week. So if you're in New York, please go out and see uh, Joe and
2: uh, or stream it, download it on Amazon, and wherever else fine motion absolutely. pictures can be seen. And definitely at least Google and Watch the clips on YouTube, because they're yes. fucking
0: awesome. Yes, <laughs> yes absolutely. Please so, do. So
2: before we go, though, I want to talk about Wallflowers, your TV show. Yes. Because this is your territory, Judy McGuire. <laughs> this is date girl territory. Relationships. Yes,
0: absolutely. So I started a web series about a year ago called Wallflowers, and it's it's shot here in New York, and we work with a lot of Broadway actors and theater actors, and it's basically, it's about a Manhattan support group for people who can't get dates or sustain relationships and it's totally and it's fun you know I, I did it as a DIY thing I I put my own money into it and I shot five episodes we did a first season we got great actors and it got seen by these people who were putting up a brand new online network stage 17 And they are looking to bring like the best and the brightest of Broadway performers and creative people. And they started this great online network and they were like, come, come be part of our network. And they just launched and they paid for an entire second season. And it's great. And it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's stage 17.tv. And. Um, I love making the show. I love coming here and working with these actors.
2: And I gotta say, it's yeah. real TV. You hear these things like it's web TV or a webisode, yeah. and we're so far past that at, at this point. Um, obviously, with what Netflix is doing and Amazon's producing stuff, but even a, a small company like this—I mean, it looks like real TV. It does not look like it's done on a shoestring. It's fantastic production values. It's shot on location in New yeah. York,
0: yeah. and it's very funny. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, and 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 it is—it really does look like TV. And I really think that this is the future of television. Oh,
1: definitely. Yeah,
0: web series have really come to a place where it's like watching television and we have such a great cult audience for the show i mean like people they follow it every week and they tweet about it and they facebook about it and they're like they want to know what's going to happen and I, I love that i love being able to engage people and and tell stories and, and and just make it happen any way i possibly can
1: do you think that's the way it's going to go because i mean like broad city was a big youtube hit yes. uh, alana glazer just did a video of asking people about the first time they have sex uh-huh. so i was watching it halfway through there's my dad <laughs> which was no like way, the, dude. I like was like holy shit in my house and I called him I was like you're
0: famous that's awesome but
1: like they were they were YouTube web series for
2: ages I'm still trying to like, I'm not to you it's really funny I don't know that I want <laughs> first time. Hey, you, I can't believe uh, this is well. This is this is karmic payback for all the stuff that you've written that he's had to look at. No, about I you having sex. He doesn't this read is, it.
1: This is he the, talked about having sex. The first time he had sex was on his wedding night with my mother.
0: Oh, oh.
1: and then now that's then, his story. then she asked him how it was, and he said. Well, I don't want to ruin it for you. You guys should all go watch this. It's <laughs> okay. really funny. That's
0: hilarious. Oh, but okay. I
1: mean, they got picked up, and Amy Poehler started producing them, and they're on network. Is that a
0: goal of yours? Or I don't know that it is. I mean, I, I you know, I it's it's hard to say. I mean, I would love for somebody like you know Hulu to come and pick it up. But we're also Stage Seventeen is also talking about becoming. A channel on a set-top box like Roku, like uh, like you know, like Apple TV, and I think that that's the way that it's going to go. You know, we're we're getting ready to go into production for season three. You know, and 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 I want to keep the show going as, as much as I possibly can and and tell these stories because I think you know there's gay characters, there's straight characters, you know, but everybody everybody has felt that everybody has felt that thing where you know, and the show is really about people who were like in their late thirties who were the last generation of people who had to go out and find dates. They couldn't just call them up on on Grindr or <laughs> or, you know, or okay cupid. And I really feel like, and and but they're forced to go out there because they're still single. And it's like, holy shit, I have to, you know, dial up. You know, and, I, and, I, and it's funny, I went out there and I did research. I haven't dated for a really long time. You know, I was like making Joe Bryath and I started, and I'm still single, you know, and, and I'm in that age group. Yeah. And... Man, I tell you, it's fucking creepy. Oh, it people crazy out there. people oh, just want to have—they they, oh, want to have like like text relationships. And I'm yeah. like, no, no, no. I would like to actually go out on a date with you, and you know, but but you know, and, and I'm gay, and, and and guys are just like like sexting me, and and it's just like, um, wouldn't you actually like to see my penis in real life? <laughs> I, I don't really want to take, you know, look, I'm I'm not famous, but you know, it's like I've 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 been out there, you know, and I make movies, and I'm a public figure, so to speak, you know. I, I really don't want my junk out there for everybody to see, but nobody gives a shit. They're this is no, there's no shame. No. There's no shame. There needs
1: to be more shame there in dating.
0: It's
2: what makes it fun.
1: Shame, humiliation. I feel,
2: I feel so old-fashioned for never having texted anyone a picture of my junk.
1: <laughs> well, there's always this afternoon. Exactly. <laughs> well. <laughs> never too late.
2: You know, one strives to be a mensch, Ms. McGuire. And you know what? Once again, it has been the fastest half hour. <laughs> oh, my of the God. Went by, it went by. looks so fast. Here on the Heritage Radio oh Network, broadcasting live from Thank the back of so Roberta's much. Arts and Seizures one more time. Kieran, tell us where we can find Joe Bryath or you uh, Joe, Joe Bryath Or a picture of your penis <laughs> you
0: don't want to see that I'd rather you see Joe Bryath AD uh, you can go to <laughs> iTunes Amazon um, Voodoo. Uh, it's playing here at Rerun Cinema in Brooklyn Wallflowers is stage17.tv and it definitely has the Arts and Seizures
2: stamp of approval awesome. and where can we see your dad having sex I mean talking about sex Trudy uh,
1: on Alana Glazer's uh, Game Geek Girl, whatever. It's on com this week. It's on the Frisky. It's everywhere this
2: yeah. week. You won't find my parents on there, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, before we go out, we got one more uh, Joe Bryoth tune, uh, one of my favorites, Heartbeat. Awesome. Uh, but for Gina McGuire and Kieran Turner, this is Mike Edison on Arts and Seizures. Let's not forget Evan in the booth here on the Heritage Radio Network. See you next week. We're bringing in next week the encore of the loudest book ever written, uh, The Oral History of Heavy Metal. Can't wait to see you. Awesome. <laughs>
0: You're our voice On the street You're the faces That I meet All day my life
2: Is keeping time Time with your heartbeat Time with your heartbeat Every day, it's now
0: use to run and hide. You've been running, running,
1: running by my side all day my life.
0: Thanks for listening to this program on Heritage Radio Network.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website